Welcome to the Team Packed Podcast with your hosts, Jessica McIntyre and Quinton Cools. We hope to inspire you to think critically and biblically about current issues facing our culture, challenge you to make a difference in your community, and ultimately change the world. God seeks people who worship him in spirit and in truth. What does this mean for us as the people of God, corporately and in our personal relationship with God individually? In this episode, A Heart of Worship, we discuss how through music and meditation, God directs our hearts back to him, the one who is worthy of our worship. Thanks for joining us for the episode of the Teen Pack podcast with J-Mac and I. We have Chad Fryer with us. He's one of our program directors for the 2021 Teen Pack season. Um, Chad, it's good to have you. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. So I understand you've done some leading of worship corporately at Teen Pack gatherings. Um, what has that been like in your personal life? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, when I was asked to lead worship at Teen Pack, it was in my first state class, and it was just simply the intern guy asking me if I could play any instruments um, or if I could sing. And I said yes, just because I thought I would play a supporting role. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, soon realized that it got me out of my comfort zone really quickly. And I played the guitar and I sang all that because I think it was a fulfillment of who I was and it was something personal. It allowed me to worship personally. And I think it's cool because through that, um, it has pushed me out of my comfort zone to help others lead uh, corporately, which I think is awesome. And so I've taken that back to my own church. Um, I actually started leading worship with Team Back before I even started leading with my church back home. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's taught me a lot, especially through the area of preparing my heart to worship, um, especially as a worship leader. And I now find myself, before I even go into a worship set, whether I'm leading or not, um, there's always something on my heart, whether it be a scripture, whether it be a call to worship, regardless of whether I'm ever going to share it with someone to prepare my heart, um, which I think is cool how the Lord's developed my mind to think that way. Going yeah, into a time absolutely. Of and, that, and that's totally going to be what we're going to discuss today and thinking about that kind of stuff. I want to say from the outset that Uh, If you're listening to our podcast, whether you're a musical person or not, whether you have a great voice or or you don't, or you're somewhere in between, um, this is a topic for you um, because worship is something that we're all called to. And so we're going to wrestle with it. What does it mean in a corporate sense? What does it mean in a private sense? So so let's just dive right in. Um, You know, I've been reflecting on Revelation um, chapter five, where Um, There's all these voices, thousands upon thousands of voices in John's vision that are saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in all the sea saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And as I was thinking about that, I was like, wow, that is the final worship set (laughs) like that is that is where we're all headed um that's where we get to worship with believers over the millennia uh, together and if that's our final place of being able to worship together with the people of god beholding god himself um what does that look like between the now and the not yet you know, what What are we doing today and tomorrow and for the rest of our lives till the day we die to become the kind of worshipers that God has created us to be? And so so let's just dig into that. Um, you know, worship is something that, like I mentioned, it, it's something that could be considered in a corporate context or in a private context. Let, let's start talking about corporate worship. That's probably the easiest 
you know, connection that a lot of people would make. Um, we think of worship um, through worship music. We think of it as a part of Sunday morning, uh, you know, meetings at churches and so forth. Um, what has been maybe some of our experience with that? And let's speak to the importance of participating in corporate worship. And this is a really interesting uh, direction right now, too, just given the fact that we're right now in the midst of all things COVID, and, and that's mm. been really hard for people. So maybe you can speak a little bit to that, too, Chad. I think it's interesting. I think you come to a place where it's so encouraging to worship with other believers, yeah. right? Um, just the opportunity to open your eyes and look around and see how people will worship in different postures. Um, that's an expression of their heart set, right? Mm. But I think it's also important to look at the dichotomy between the word worship and the word praise. And we normally say worship and praise, like let, let's, or we, we say praise and worship. Um, but worship is to give adoration to someone and praise is to talk about who they are and to mm. reflect on that. And my pastor kind of broke this down one time in a sermon talking about how thanking someone for something they're doing and praising some, someone for what they do is different. Um, and we can thank God for who he is, but I think it's also so important that through worship, you praise him for who he is. Um, mm. And I don't know if y- y- y'all could probably speak better to uh, what it's looked like through COVID, but mm. definitely being back at Team Pack um, and worshiping with others, I think has been a great encouragement for others to see how they praise and worship um, in a communal setting. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, we're recording this right here, um, right at the end of Team Pack staff training 2021. And throughout this whole week, we've had these incredible worship sets. And and I think what's made it incredible is not, you know, necessarily that it's always technically perfect or everyone technically sounds good or the songs are technically good, but more the fact that we do get to be together as the body of Christ, worshiping the King of Kings and and Lord of Lords. And I think a lot of us haven't had that experience recently um, just because of, you know, all the shutdowns. And I I know my church was completely shut down for months and so didn't have that. And I've realized coming back to a team-packed setting where we do have that corporate worship, how meaningful and special that is. Um, and I think that's part of what the body of Christ was designed to do together. Yeah. And I think that speaks to um, a tendency that a lot of us have in probably American Christianity, American churches, and that is to view our relationship with God as a me and Jesus thing mm-hmm. and not as a corporate thing, mm-hmm. not as a body of Christ thing. And so I think what combats that is the truth that we are made for community and we are made mm-hmm. to worship together. Um, I think, you know, I, I was talking with one pastor who described how even how they were going to design the new auditorium of their new building was going to be in such a way that you could see other worshipers. Mm-hmm. So they, they they built it in like a U shape instead mm-hmm. of, you know, your typical kind of concert, you know, mm-hmm. here, here's the, here's the people up front that are leading you in worship. And then here's everybody else who's facing the front. Instead, you could look across the room and see somebody who, you know, is going through suffering and yet is singing out, it is well with my mm-hmm. soul. Mm-hmm. And like, think about what that can, you know, do to affect the, 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 affections of someone else that you're then drawn further into 
your love of God because you see the faithfulness of God in that person's life. You see them singing mm-hmm. out or you see somebody who doesn't have a great voice, yeah. who's still giving everything that they have. They might mm-hmm. not have a great voice, but they are worshiping. I think the the most important thing that, that I've thought about related to worship is that it it's a matter of the heart. Mm. Right. Like worship is something that, that we're doing all the time. Um, mm-hmm. We're always worshiping something. Our heart is toward something. And I, and I heard um, an author, Harold Best, um, describe this as, you know, if we're worshiping all the time, then a call to worship, even in a corporate, you know, morning gathering, um, it's not a call to worship. It's a call to direct your worship because mm-hmm. you're already worshiping. It's calling you to direct your worship to the one who's worthy of your worship and praise. And so, you know, I think COVID, uh, you know, probably puts, um, it should put it, that hunger, that longing for those times of corporate worship um, deep in our heart. That that should be drawn out. And so, you know, if you're if you're listening to the podcast and you you haven't had that opportunity, I know that that's part of the struggle. But but you know, as as the months get warmer and we have outdoor gatherings or we have social distance gatherings, I mean, wrestle with this. Like, if it means that you have to wear a mask mm-hmm. in order to be present and mm-hmm. worship with other believers, is that not worth it? Like, mm-hmm. think about that. I mean, this mm-hmm. week at, at our staff training event, you know, we are social distance and wearing masks, and yet people were, like, worshiping their hearts out. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're made for. Mm-hmm. So maybe we could speak a little bit to um, kind of how worship shapes us. Like, worship, yes, is a, a an adoration and a declaration about God. Um, but let's think a little bit about how uh, worship and music and um, rich theologically, uh, you know, lyrics, like w- what does that do to affect our mind and our emotions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, particularly because we're speaking of this kind of with the context of a spiritual discipline. And, and those are things that, you know, do mold us and shape us. And we be, we have to be intentional within that. That's a, that's a good question. Toby Forehand uh, shared this actually last week at intern training with the intern team. Um, about the idea and the concept of praying without ceasing, right? Um, and he kind of broke down that it's not a literal thing in the sense that you're always on your knees or you're always in the state of praying, but it's the heart of God, right? You, you have the heart of God and wh- what your thoughts go to or what the thoughts of the Father go to. Mm-hmm. And I think the coolest thing about worship through music um, is after the worship set is done or after you've heard a song or whether you're in the car singing, that tune remains in your, your brain, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you listen to the tune and those words flow along with it and you have an opportunity to glean on that throughout the whole day and something that I've been practicing as well as even when songs, when it's talking about God, like um, like you're a good, good father, I think it's so cool that the words there are, you are a good, good father because there are some songs where it's just talking about the father as a, as a separate entity, right? But mm-hmm. not, not a relational thing. Yeah. So even when I'm singing songs, sometimes I'll change it and I'll just change the pronoun to instead of he is so good, I'll say you are so good. I love that. And so it reminds mm-hmm. me throughout the day that this really is relational. It's not just words on a screen. It's something that I want to be continually doing praying without ceasing. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that we all struggle with is being in a corporate worship atmosphere where we sing a song that's well-known. We've sang it a thousand times mm-hmm. and the song ends and we haven't been affected. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. where we've said words, we've participated, we've stood, we've maybe even, uh, you know, looked around the room, but like, you know, but there's not a, an engagement of the heart. Mm-hmm. And I've really wrestled with this, um, you know, both in, in leading worship and in participating in a, in a corporate gathering where sometimes I'll just sit down mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. think about the words that everyone else is singing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that it's not true for me in that moment, um, though sometimes there's there's times where, you know, it's like, uh, is this true for me? And you need to wrestle mm-hmm. with that. But sometimes it's it's almost like I need a wake up call to, OK, we're not just like, you know, we're not just all participating in some (laughs) repetitious thing just for the sake of, of doing it. It's not like, it's not like worship music is, um, just what we do Mm -hmm. on Sundays. It is, it's meant to accomplish something. It's meant to, to turn our eyes, the eyes of our our heart, our soul toward the Lord. And if we're not actually doing that, when we're singing out the words, I honestly think it's totally appropriate to like just be silent or to sit down or yeah. to open your Bible and think about a passage of scripture. Um, maybe, maybe it's just a Psalm uh, or maybe it's, you know, you're thinking about a lyric, you know, you, you think about a, a song like blessed be your name or it is well, where you're dealing with suffering. Maybe you open to the book of Job mm-hmm. and you think over a few verses where, where Job through suffering is able to declare blessed be the name of the Lord. And then you stand up and you join everybody. Um, you give and take away, you give and take away. But my heart will choose to say, blessed be your name. Like that becomes so powerful because the word comes alive in the depth of your soul. And then you're able to sing it out. And I think like, that's the point of worship. Worship is meant to direct the deepest places of your heart longing and affection back to God. You know, one of the things that I've heard over and over and over again over the past few years is that we become what we behold. Mm. And so often we fix our minds on the circumstances of life or, you know, the passing waves of our emotions and um, our, our, you know, horizontal relationships that we fail to fix our eyes on our vertical relationship and on what Jesus has accomplished for us. Um, one of the things I think has been most powerful in corporate worship is the application of the word. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's that passage in John four where Jesus talks to a woman about what true worship is. And he describes how the father is seeking worshipers who will, who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Could we kind of think about that for a minute? Like what, what would that look like to, as worship leaders, to lead people in worship and in truth? And then as participants in that corporate gathering, what would that look like? Something I tell worship teams sometimes before we get into a set or maybe after we've, we've run through the set and we feel pretty good about leading it is even though we've just rehearsed and we're about to lead congregationally people in worship, there's a big piece of this band missing. And I'll say band in the sense that we're performing, but band in the sense of we're, we're putting on something and we're, we're about to share it. And that's the rest of the worshipers, right? And I think you can kind of look at the call to worship or maybe the exhortation through scripture as your rehearsal, as your heart set, getting ready for the presence of the Father. Because yes, you have instruments and yes, you have singers who are leading you in it, but ultimately you're playing for one person. 
Um, and so whether it be a scripture or whether it be a testimony or whether it be just silence, I think it's so important because then it brings everyone into the purpose of this. this isn't a show. This isn't a performance on how incredible the voice of the head worship leader is, mm-hmm. but it's a congregation that's lifting up one voice unified from a diverse background. And through that, you're being unified through the Father and giving him worship and praise. Jay Merrick, um, you know, we've thought about, uh, especially in teen pack settings, when we're trying to train up, you know, another generation of worship leaders, this idea of being a lead worshiper. Could mm-hmm. you kind of speak to that? Yeah, well, I think it's exactly what Chad was just mentioning. You know, it's not <laughs> the band in the sense of you're up there and you're, you know, leading worship, but but there's a corporate aspect to this and, and everyone else is involved. And, you know, I think we all think about and recognize the fact that our lives are lives of worship. We don't we don't start worshiping when you're on a stage. You don't start worshiping when you get up in front of a team-packed class and are starting to lead a song or give that that call, that direction for worship. You're you're worshiping always and I think mm-hmm. it's such a privilege and an honor and a huge responsibility to be the one who, yeah, maybe you're up front. Maybe you're leading this in a sense. Um, but it's not out of a, because I am the most <laughs> competent, because I have the best voice, because I can play guitar the best. It's because you you do have these giftings and these abilities. And I think to be responsible to steward what God has given well, we'll be chasing after those and and operating in the gifts and talents and abilities and passions that he has given us. And that brings him the most glory, but being up front um, and saying, let's worship together. I'm inviting you into this. It's not a Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. simply, you know, you know, just fostering an atmosphere. It's literally saying, yeah, that's part of it, but I'm here to magnify something. I'm here Mm -hmm. to, you know, make this picture of God that you have here in this moment to somehow make that bigger, to make that um, more real to you and to invite you into this idea, into this, this lifestyle of worship and what it means to, you know, be a living sacrifice mm-hmm. for the Lord. And it goes so far beyond just, you know, thinking through the technical aspects of having mm-hmm. a good set that flows well and the keys are great <laughs> yeah. uh, and all things. I think we've all experienced those times when it doesn't, but but having that, you know, as, as Chad was saying, like setting your own heart up to worship and inviting people into that. Yeah, and I think whether you're a worship leader, a musician, a singer, or um, or are just somebody who regularly participates in a corporate worship, gathering, I think the question that that we often ask ourselves, you know, or we should, is are we being authentic? Mm-hmm. Um, is this real for me? Like when I sing this <laughs> or when I lead this, is this genuinely me? Mm-hmm. Am I genuinely worshiping? And um, something that my church has done, and I've, I've known a lot of churches to do this, but I think it's um, so appropriate, is with the responsibility of spiritual leadership, they start out the morning meeting with God's word being spoken because we're supposed to respond to God. He speaks first, then we speak. You know, he reveals himself 
and then we come to know him. Like Mm -hmm. he had to seek us out first. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that resolution that we're wanting of like, am I being authentic? Am I being genuine? Is this for real? Is this me? Mm -hmm. You know, especially, I mean, we've been in that position where, you know, you've, you've, uh, fallen into sin, uh, obvious blatant sin Mm -hmm. in the past week, or even as a worship leader the night before, uh, maybe the morning of, you know, mm-hmm. and you're then supposed to sing this song with authenticity mm-hmm. and a genuine heart. Mm-hmm. I think what makes that, what resolves that is the word because God's word speaks over us the truth mm-hmm. that he has redeemed us, that he has saved us, that he has cleansed us, that he has healed us. And so if we if we start there, then yeah. worship can can be authentic. That can be humble appropriate, real, raw, genuine, heartfelt yeah. worship. Um, and I, I wish that more churches embrace that. Mm-hmm. I think, I think sometimes we, um, you know, we, we fall into kind of more of a, a motivational style right. of a right. Sunday morning when really what people need is the word to mm-hmm. bring conviction. And it's at this point of the conversation, I'd love to direct our focus for a short while on private worship. Mm -hmm. So we've talked a lot about corporate worship, and that's typically what we think of when we use that word. Um, But let's talk a little bit about private worship. What would it look like to develop a practice or discipline of private worship? Um, I had a professor a number of years ago who described how he, during his personal devotions, would go into his office, close the door, and as he would read the word, he would keep his hymnal nearby. And, you know, all of us students kind of leaned in and thought like, what, what? <laughs> and he talked about how the only, the only way to, uh, to, to really process the word is to respond to it. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes the word will bring conviction and you need to pray a prayer of confession. Yeah. Sometimes you need to pick up the phone and call your spouse and, and apologize for the way that you acted, mm-hmm. you know, the word is meant to change us and transform mm-hmm. us. And he said, you know, there's also a lot of places in scripture where where the brilliance, the radiance of Christ and who God is comes alive. And you need to allow your affections to, 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 to worship, to sing. And mm-hmm. so he would open up his hymnal and he'd, and he'd sing a song. Um, now, I, I come from a less traditional uh, background, so a hymnal is not as uh, easy to relate to. Yeah. But, but, you know, there's songs that we've sang on Sunday mornings at my church or um, songs that I remember from my childhood or songs that we sing at Teen Pact events that I wonder if, if I was a little bit more quick to, you know, to have Spotify on the ready <laughs> as I'm even participating in a morning devotion that, you know what, I need to sing to the Lord this morning. I need to worship him. And what would that look like to kind of, I don't know, develop a practice in that area? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it absolutely is, like you're saying, a response to something. And when that's rooted and grounded in the word, the word is living and active and it it should change us and it Mm -hmm. should shape us. And if, you know, a lot of what we're talking about, we're talking about, you know, a response, a feeling, um, and, and those are good things that come out of it. And I, I would say, you know, if you, there's a certain element of sometimes we worship when we don't feel it and there is truth 
and that changes us. And maybe it takes time to really be rooted in our soul and it takes takes pressing in mm-hmm. to understand what it is the Lord is is teaching us and showing us and, and wrestle with that. And so that that feeling of, you know, complete and utter adoration or or praise and joy, maybe that doesn't fully come um, um, as it does at, at other times, but it can get there um, through that wrestling and whatnot. But um, that's why I think it is important to recognize that this is a response yeah. to knowing who God is because he is who he says he is. Um, and he is worthy of that. But getting back to the practical aspects of how do we yeah. worship um, and, and what does that look like on a day-to-day basis? I love that example of the hymnal um, and having that readily available. I know I felt at times like I have, I have to do something, like I have to play something um, or sing something. And my poor neighbors uh, in my apartment complex, I've realized the walls are a little bit thin and with quarantine and everything, people are home more. So it's very exciting for them. And <laughs> I decide that I just have to worship the Lord and I'm singing at the top of my lungs. So I haven't heard any complaints yet, but they have definitely heard me. So that's a fun time. But it does sometimes look like I have my guitar in the living room and and I'm going out there and I'm just playing and yeah. I'm just singing and maybe it's not even a coherent song. Right. So my poor neighbors still don't know really what I'm <laughs> saying. Um, but it's just singing about his goodness, singing about um, who he is. And sometimes it even is a like declaring it without feeling it um, and doing that and pressing through until you get there mm. sort of a thing. Um Another thing that I've been reading about lately is the idea of a daily office. And um, this is kind of getting back to the principle of taking time to pause and reflect. And this doesn't always look like, you know, worship through, through music, through song, but it's the idea of taking time out of your day to pause yeah. and reflect on the Lord. And so I've started doing this thing where, every handful of hours or so. Um, and, and I started this because I, <laughs> I forget about the Lord guys, mm. to be perfectly honest. Like I have my quiet times in the morning and mm. I, I listen to scripture on my way to work and I'm often listening to worship music, mm-hmm. you know, working or running or whatever it is. And yet I still forget about the Lord sometimes. Mm. And so it does sometimes take this practical, mm. I'm setting aside time. I'm putting a timer on my phone so that when I'm in the middle of, you know, the 200th email or whatever, okay, now is the time to pause and mm-hmm. take two minutes. And that's all it thats all it needs to be. It can be more. Um, I don't know what that looks like exactly for you. But for me, it, it's pausing and taking two minutes to sit and be still, no matter what's going on, and just reflect on the Lord. Uh, and the first part of those those two minutes is generally being silent and just sitting in his presence and then moving into maybe a time of just declaring a truth about him um, and how that that relates to me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what Paul David Tripp refers to as um, spiritual amnesia. Mm-hmm. He says that, you know, we just constantly, even like 
mature seasoned believers like mm-hmm. J Mac, like you're in full time ministry yeah. and yet here you are confessing, like, guys, sometimes I <laughs> yeah. I forget my own Lord. You know, it's like yeah. that's such a raw, vulnerable moment. I appreciate you sharing that because that that's real. Like yeah. and that's real. Mm-hmm. And so we we forget and so we need to be reminded over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And and it's redirecting our heart. Redirecting our yeah. heart. And it's not it's not it doesn't make you less spiritual. Right. It doesn't make you less of a Christian because you're not like, you know, the monk Brother Lawrence who <laughs> fought 24-7 about the Lord. Like, you, you know what I mean? Um, but he even he had a lot of practical application, whereas like every time he touched a doorknob, he would be intentional to just say a quick prayer and That's think good. about the Lord. And, and so having these habits, you know, putting maybe uh, sticky notes. I have a sticky note in my car with verses about, you know, the meditations of your heart, because what you're meditating on is what comes out of mm-hmm. you. Um, and people can see that and that's evidence. And that's a reminder to check my own heart and say, am I, am I worshiping? Am I, you know, communing with the Lord or, or am I constantly being redirected to other thoughts and other things? So I think it does take that practical application of, here are actual habits and times and practices that I can set up and disciplines to create that discipline of worship in my life. I think the more that we discuss this, the more that we realize this is a huge topic. (laughs) And we typically think of spiritual disciplines as, you know, reading your Bible and um, praying. But this conversation about worship, I think, really exposes how much God wants to do a work deep inside of us mm-hmm. um, in a corporate sense and in a personal sense, not just on a Sunday morning, but all throughout the week, um, that he wants to have us engage our mind and our emotions, that he wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. And like with every spiritual discipline, he wants to make us more like Christ. Thank you for joining us for this special edition of the Team Packed Podcast. Have any questions about today's episode? Send us an email at communications at or you can visit our website for more information about our programs and state classes.